0: Albertsons is your entertainment end zone. Look for the Game On player tags when you shop. Buy three and enter to win great prizes like a 65 inch big screen LED TV. Catch the Ram Spirit with the Game On sweepstakes at Albertsons. For great sandwiches, get Nature's Harvest Bread 20 ounce selected varieties and Oroweep Bread 24 ounce selected varieties just $2.99 each. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and older. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10th, 2017. Rules at gameonsocal.com. Grab your popcorn and goobers, it's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host,
1: Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not
0: a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts, here's Heather! Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. Thank you for tuning into the show today. Uh, We got a great one for you. Jillian Arminante is my guest on the show today. And if you don't recognize her name, you absolutely will recognize her face. She's been in dozens of television shows and movies, everything from Um, private practice, Grey's Anatomy, to my favorite, Judging Amy. Um, She's also currently on Fresh Off the Boat on ABC, which is where I met her a year ago when I did a small part on that show. And she was so lovely and um, could not wait to have her come on the show. Uh, She's also been in movies like Girl Interrupted, A Mighty Heart, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, Um, But more specifically, I'm having her on the show today to talk about how she sort of took the bull by the horns, if you will, and created her own television series. And it's called Kittens in a Cage. And you guys, uh, if you have any aspirations for writing or directing um, and you're an actor or I mean, even if you're not an actor and it's just something you want to do, you really want to listen to her story about how she found inspiration herself and got motivated. Uh, That's definitely something I struggle with on the daily, on a daily basis. If you uh, go to motherhoodandhollywood.com at all, you see one of my recent posts was about writing. And, you know, I've been really frustrated because I seem to have so many ideas and just sitting down and putting them on paper or virtual paper online, whatever you want to call it, um, is really hard. And I have such admiration and respect for people who can sit down and write feature length film or a television pilot or you know an hour-long drama anything like that a poem <laughs> like anybody who can sit down and find the patience because I go down the rabbit hole of social media so fast especially with the podcast because I'm constantly wanting to update social media I'm updating my Instagram I'm updating Twitter and Facebook and I want to make sure that MIH is out there now I'm addicted to Periscope um, I try to Periscope whenever I can so um, it's There's a lot of distractions. And I'm trying to find some ways, some tips to just tune all of that out, especially while my daughter is at preschool. I have no excuse because I have a couple days a week where I have a little bit of time to myself and I can actually sit down and do some writing with these ideas. So if anybody has any tips on what they do, Uh, to do some writing and get their ideas out there. I'd love to hear it. So send them my way, you jerks. Um, And I say that with kindness. Okay, before we get into the interview with Jillian, I want to give a quick shout-out to some of our new Twitter followers. Marco Gonzalez, hey, how's it going? Uh, Perfect Mind and Body, Maternity Madam, and uh, Champy Kemp. Uh, Just a few of the people who are now following us on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to Tweet at me and uh, follow MIH podcast on the Twitter. If you want to find us anywhere else, we're on Instagram at Motherhood in Hollywood. I say we. I don't know why I say we. It's literally just me. (laughs) Like (laughs) my grandma used to say, who's we? You got a turd in your pocket? And which is gross and disgusting, but I sort of love it. Um, <laughs> no, it's just me. I'm on Motherhood in Hollywood at Instagram and also on Facebook and Periscope. Find me at MIH Podcast on Periscope, you guys. Um, I got to go see a friend's uh, really cool one woman show the other day. Her name's Laura House. And, you know, again, another very inspirational woman who uh, decided to create her own material And then she put it up on stage and, you know, standing ovation at the end of the night. She shared her story and bared her soul and just really brave and lovely. And I wish um, I would force myself to, I wish I could force myself to do more creative things like that. I'm working on it, you guys. I'm working on it. In the meantime, I'm going to wrap up this little portion of the show. Um, What should I call this, by the way? I always spend a few minutes at the top of the show where I talk to you guys. It's just me and you one on one. Um, lovingly embracing each other no um, I'm trying to figure out like what would be a fun like what should I call this one on one with Heather Heather's alone time no that might be a little creepy Uh, let me think about it I'll get back to you in the meantime I am going to stop talking now and let you guys hear this amazing interview with Jillian Arminante Joining me today in the studio is Jillian Arminante. I have been saying your name over and over again for the past few days. Is that weird? It's, you did it perfectly, okay. which is very rare. <laughs> Arminante. I almost Armanente. want to add a... You rolled it's the very R. Italian, right? It is Italian. Yeah, I love it. Um, and I've also been racking my brain for a few days trying to figure out like how I wanted to delve into this show because you have so much... Uh, in the span of your career that you've done that I'm like, where should we begin? Mm -hmm. So, of course, um, let's begin in the beginning. All right. All right. So you're from Jersey? I I
1: grew up in New Jersey. Um, Take the bridge, don't turn. That's sort of where I grew up. Yeah. Past Paramus.
0: And then what about Jersey? Were you like, I got to act? Were you like, this is it? I got to, I feel the need.
1: I I have to, I have to uh, credit my mom because, you know, when she was a little girl during World War II... (laughs) um three of her brothers were away um fighting in the pacific i think and uh so she sort of delved into the whole movie situation in the 1940s and then when i was a kid i was the last of her five kids she would wake me up and show me the million dollar movie or show me this or that'd be like look at this performance this is natalie wood she's five years old she's going to do a monologue in german i mean she would wake me up in the middle of the night and show me like cool acting and uh, occasionally let me stay home from school because you know the second half of the Nun Story was on with Audrey Hepburn and oh wow and so I just sort of got the bug like that. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in my family are like chemical engineers and stuff. So oh, um, but uh, whoa. And,
0: then and were I, they like, oh, Jillian? She's just an actor. Well, I
1: was always the dramatic one in the oh. family. I was the youngest, and, sure. And uh, but where I grew up in New Jersey was the suburbs, where a lot of the old Broadway hoofers would come to settle once they had kids so when i did summer stock in my town literally like tom and jane carity who like were in west side story and Mm -hmm. hello dolly and you know all the parents who helped us do summer stock were all broadway veterans wow so our summer stock was amazing and it kind of gave me
0: the bug so yeah yeah so you started performing at a young age then well, I know or you school. just started having like an interest in it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you audition for the school play kind of thing. And yeah. then the summer program. And I think I did. I played Bunny Watson in the desk set, um, the Catherine Hepburn role in high school. And my dad came to see that. And
0: he was always like, learn to type. <laughs> and uh... Parents are always so practical. They're like, this acting thing is neat. But just in case, yes. learn a trade or learn a skill or something to fall back on. Well,
1: and I always purposely didn't. So I didn't have another choice. Oh, to so you fall didn't have an option. On. I wish I had learned to type because I ended up doing quite a bit of writing. <laughs> um, but uh, so he he came to see that show, and and after the show, he said, "You can. It's okay if you pursue acting in college." Oh, wow! So That's it was a big, And I have a photo of it, the moment he told me that, and I was like, oh, and like "Click!" And it was so it's a great lovely. picture. How yeah. lovely! What a
0: nice like blessing to to get mm-hmm. from uh, your dad. That's so wonderful. Yeah. And your mom's still supportive? Or oh yeah, oh yeah. totally, absolutely. And then I read somewhere that you had a theater company in Seattle. Oh, yeah. How did you go from Jersey to Seattle? In a
1: 1965
0: Plymouth Valiant. Oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I, um, I helped someone drive their stuff across to Seattle. I had about $8 when I got there, so I wasn't really leaving anytime soon. Um, and I, I just I went through the phone book and called all the theaters. Yeah. Uh, mistakenly, I called a porn house called the
0: <laughs> Apple Theater, which is no longer there. Yeah, sure. It and, was a mistake. No, it was. Yeah, well, it was. <laughs>
1: and and Seattle was hitting that wave right after Chicago and Steppenwolf. And mm-hmm. I, I figured that scene had already been played out. And I'd never been to Seattle. And then very next call I made was a, a theater called Annex Theater, mm-hmm. which is still going strong. It's almost like 30 years later. And uh, and it was a you know 2,400 square foot Fred Astaire dance studio that oh, we wow. had swung a real estate deal for. We paid a dollar a month for it. Wow. And we did all original plays. Um, we decided to write our own. And so we did a three week main stage and a three week um, black box. And so we were always in production. And but a lot of great writers came out of there. Uh, mm-hmm. Carl Gajdusek, who like does TV shows, Paul Giamatti was one of our actors. Oh, really? um, so it was a great. It was started by Yale undergrads.
0: So do you feel like the people were drawn to Seattle because of the theater scene? Is that what was happening, or
1: um, at the time it had more theaters per capita than any other.
0: Oh wow, I know. didn't know that.
1: Yeah, it, it was a huge. You got to remember, this was the late '80s. There was you know NEA funding. There was. State funding mm-hmm. Ronald Reagan, although not my favorite president, mm-hmm. was good for actors in the arts. How oh, um, interesting because he was one yeah yeah um and uh so it was a it was a good time it was also this the height of the you know Seattle grunge time. And, mm-hmm. You know, none of us had any money, but we all took care of each other. It was very communal, yeah, um, kind of living. You'd put your thirty-seven cents on the table, and then somebody else would put their money and their money, and then finally you
0: could get a pitcher of beer.
1: So um, <laughs> priorities. And I'm still uh, very wonderful friends with everyone from that time.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I um I went to Oklahoma State for theater, mm-hmm. and I had a panic, uh, you know, like halfway through. Uh, my sophomore year where because my mom had told me like what are you going to do with a theater degree and I started going what am I going to do because I'm not I'm not a triple threat Mm. Um, I can't also like I wasn't a trained dancer and trained singer I just really enjoyed acting Um, and everybody said well you can go to Broadway LA wasn't even like an option Mm. it was like you go to Broadway and you can starve and hope that you make it and somebody's just hiring actors that don't have all these skills and um, so I panicked and was like, Oh my gosh, I have to do something else. So I sort of lost faith in my <clears throat> in myself at that time and then went into journalism. Yeah. But looking back now, it was one of the it was a very smart choice for me to make because now I'm still a journalist. I still get to use that degree but still pursue acting as well. Exactly. And and so I feel really lucky that I did that. So hearing you say that that you had your family support is really nice. Oh, are you kidding? It was amazing.
1: But it was back, you know, before cell phones, before you know, I remember I was 3,000 miles away, I'm 20 years old and I I would call my mom once a month. Wow. be like,
0: "Still alive.
1: <laughs> Just check it in." You <laughs> know, it was different. It was a different yeah. time, you know. So and anyway. you
0: you like to you said um that you wrote a bunch of plays and that's something you've done continuously since then right like that is a big part of what you do is writing yes Tell I, me uh, about that.
1: well at annex you didn't have a choice mm-hmm. everybody what was great about the early theater scene there is the the scene that we made was if you're not acting in something you're directing if you're not directing you're light light designer you're a set designer you build a crew you everybody did everything yeah so you know then i'd write or something and my very first um you know, a couple of years in, in town here in Los Angeles, I thought, well, I'm not going to sit around and wait for someone to pick me or I'd be on a TV show or whatever, but I, I can always do theater because mm-hmm. I got to study every every realm of it. And so, you know, we've written a couple of plays and and produced them and, uh, here, you know, in Seattle as well. And mm-hmm. um, with great success, it was kind of funny. I think, uh, what was it? Oh, you know, I wrote a couple of plays and never won a... A thing in Seattle, and suddenly, like, you know, we were in LA. I was living in a horrible railroad apartment. It was like cockroach (laughs) infested. And, you know, somebody goes, Have you seen this? And I I open the paper, and it's like, you know, the Ovation Award nominations. Like, oh,
0: wow. You know, we
1: have more nominations than The Lion King. You know wow. what I mean? But we had a $600 budget. So it was that kind of crazy. Oh, my
0: gosh. Crazy, but know. what a testament to your writing, though, and to just, like, telling a good story. Like, sometimes you don't have to have a big budget and a big production to tell a good story and have compelling characters.
1: Right. Well, and and I'm kind of known for small budget, big production.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I set places on fire and have columns <laughs> falling down. And, you know, it's all yeah. done. Um, so because of my time in Seattle, being able to, you know, choke the eagle on that dollar bill, yeah. um, I'm able to accomplish huge things, um,
0: with very little money. So. And then what was the motivation to come down to LA if you, just um, to, cause it's where like all the productions were happening?
1: No, not at all. I'd never intended to move to Los Angeles. I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was in Seattle for eight years and, uh, had a great time and I love Seattle, uh, but I got cast in a play. Uh, an eight-hour version of The Cider House Rules, mm-hmm. um, uh, adapt, uh, written by John Irving originally, but adapted by Peter Parnell, um, and Tom Hulse, uh, the actor, now Broadway producer, um, kept asking everybody for the role of Melanie, and everybody's like, have you met Jillian Ormanante? Because she was a very angry, big, defensive,
0: yeah, physically yeah.
1: athletic role, and he he had just kept looking for this actress for a reading, and everybody, like eight people, were like, "Have you met Julianne Armanate? Wow! And so finally, he called me, and I I workshopped it in Seattle, and it was put up at the Mark Taper Forum in, in the late '90s, mm-hmm. and um, you won an award for that too, right? Did I read that? I, yeah, I think, I think so. And did. then I went to
0: New York and did it as well, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> a Drama Desk Award? Or was that for something else? I got else? nominated
1: for Drama Desk. I won a Theater World Award. Yeah. I, I won a bunch of awards in Los Angeles. Uh, but it was funny because I had also written, produced, and directed something. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, best play, 99-seat theater, you know. And then yeah. they called me up. And then it would be like, best play, Mark Taver Forum. <gasps> then I'd go up for Cider House. And so I was in a big budget wow. play and a tiny budget play at the same time. So yeah. It was, it was kind of great. It was, so and th- having
0: never won a thing in my life. I mean, I imagine you were yeah. just on cloud nine. Well, it was great, except I still had cockroaches in my apartment. <laughs> it, but that's so L.A. Like, yeah. that's such an L.A. story then, because it's like <clears throat> you can be on top of the world one minute and then you can't afford to pay your rent or eat completely, dinner or whatever. Completely. It's very L.A. You can't eat statues. No. The... <laughs> They're pretty, but They're you very cannot shiny. eat them. They do not pay your bills. Exactly. Um, so you obviously then have a passion for theater And a love for it. Uh, Do you think that... Have you noticed the big difference between, like, theater-trained actors and then those who come out here and they just are television-trained and don't have that background in theater?
1: Yeah, but I think you'd be surprised who... People are always like, oh, film actor. And I think, no, they're not. They were I've seen them in the trenches for 30 years. They went to NYU. But um, I do know that, you know, people who are trained... Theater and are able to duplicate an intention night after night, but keep it real and keep it organic and keep it fresh and present in the moment and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. I find that work on camera is so much more exhilarating and wonderful to to act with and to direct. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when you're in the crapper, you're, you know, 14 hours in, you got to get the scene in the can, it's a four page scene, and you get to a two hander scene with two theater actors, that thing's going to be done in 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, they just come in, you know, and it's great. So, and and, and I, f- I find that when I work on camera with people who have uh, extensive experience in theater, mm-hmm. there's a shorthand. There's definitely like, oh, if you go high status and I'll go low status and then we'll reverse. And that, you know, yeah. you could do things that um, a lot of time people who are used to acting against a piece of tape yeah. don't have that skill. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. I noticed lately, um, or maybe it was an article that I read that said um, fewer and fewer actors nowadays are bothering to take the time to do theater or become trained or like take classes from theater teachers or um like intense acting classes because they know they don't have to because you could easily make a silly vine video or youtube video and you're up for a series regular part on you know a network show so um i i kind of you know since i started out in theater and i um i Grew up doing theater, too, my whole life um, in competitions and high school and all that stuff. Um, I love acting classes. I value uh, trained acting. Like, I think it's important. But it ju- you just can't help sometimes to sit back and go, what is the point? Throw it out now. Yeah. Yeah. What is the point if everybody is just going for, like, the, the name or the hot uh, viral star of the moment?
1: Right. Yeah, it's tricky. Plus, you know, I mean, training is a double edged sword as well. You know, they pound out anything sort of colloquially about your speech and they pound mm-hmm. out, you know, that you're supposed to stand tall and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to... But it's confusing to me because, you know, you're supposed to represent humanity. Yeah. And humanity isn't pretty people. Right. You know what I mean? Like Right. Humane, like, it's the, the size fours aren't the clothes that fly off the shelves at Walmart. Right.
0: You know? And so, <laughs> it's the
1: one I'm always looking for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, I actually am, a, I'm not, and nothing against acting or, you know, people mm-hmm. who, but, but watching television and clicking from channel to channel to channel and seeing these the same beautiful people, people, beautiful yeah. teeth frosted hair mm-hmm. perfect angles like yeah. and then i turn over the bbc and it's people with like crappy teeth and they're yeah. like living in the moment and they're just like ripping it and they look interesting and they look i mean i'm just so much more compelled you know there's a universality to that Do like, you think i relate that's why to those
0: that. all the bbc shows are doing well and all of these shows that are cropping up like on amc and tnt and um fx and the shows that are uh um, more gritty and and i guess a little more real do you think that's why those are gaining popularity and the networks are kind of i mean i don't know i've always been attracted to the brits just just because of that
1: and you know certainly there are actors who you know i've had huge conversations with people about like why are you fixing your teeth like Mm -hmm. woody harrelson and francis mcdormand are like why fix your teeth that's not real yeah you know what i mean and those are the actors i really respect sure um but you know I, i you know probably i mean I I do also know there is like a scientific attraction toward pretty people. Sure, And I myself, you know, I I was directing a play a couple years back and I I put it into the casting service and all of a sudden, you know, 7,000 headshots come in. Wow. And you just look, oh, she's cute. Oh, he's hot. But it has nothing to do... With their talent. With their talent. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I made sure I did not look at the photographs and just looked at the resumes before I called people in. Yeah, Because, you know, I, I don't know, I think... It's interesting when I moved to town. Roseanne was the biggest show on TV, mm-hmm. and within six months, Baywatch was the biggest show on TV. Oh. So something—I love Roseanne—clearly changed. Something shifted, yeah. yeah.
0: But don't you think though that Roseanne and herself, she was a shift because prior to that, you had like you know your. Well, I'm going a little farther back, but like your. Your uh, leave it to Beaver moms, your perfect 1950s Donna housewife, and, yeah, the yeah. Donnery and stuff like that. I mean, those were like tiny waist, you know, perfect hair type moms. And then something shifted. Yeah, the
1: 70s <clears> though <throat> was kind of great. Like when yeah. I was a kid mm-hmm. and watching acting, it was sort of like the great acting. Yeah, the great, Jane Alexander and you know, early Streep and mm-hmm. you know, you know, TV. Angie Dickinson was on TV, and yeah. you know, it was there were women. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. And that acting, that really amazing acting, and Dustin Hoffman, all and with all those people, yeah. it was it was amazing because that it was a new sort of naturalistic, like, in the moment style that that you know that attracted me to the to the field to begin yeah. with. So, um, but, but that, that sort of doesn't
0: exist anymore. I know
1: because they don't. You know, it's not about story; it's about demographic and mm-hmm. box office and and that stuff now. And it used to be about story,
0: so yeah, it's tricky. Everything's um definitely shifted and I know I'm a character actress. Do you consider yourself to be a oh, character actress? Hell yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <clears throat> <clears throat> I didn't want to label you and put oh that God. label on you. <laughs>
1: totally.
0: Since I was like I was always rocking the babushka at the <laughs> school play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like you're like I was I'm like lady number three. I was I remember I got cast as a passionata on Climax nice. in Lil' Abner. And I was so mad that I wasn't um, Daisy, like the lead, and right. my acting teacher was like, "Really? Really?" <laughs> she had to physically pull me aside and be like, "Look, you are not Daisy. That's just not you. Yeah, she's a petite blonde. Right, you're a tall redhead. Like, just yeah. embrace it." And then I was like, "Fine, I'll be this Von Climax lady." You know, I always wanted to be the character actress, <laughs> which is kind of
1: funny. To me, I mean, I grew up like, you know, I was a weird. I was such a weird kid, but I would fall in love with like Marie Dressler. Yeah, and then I'd watch all the you know, Men and Bill, and you know. Anna Mm -hmm. Christie or whatever and I just watch all of her movies and she's a battle axe I mean she's just amazing so I'd watch all the characters because I I wanted to be that because I knew that when I was 50 years old you could still do that yeah whereas if you know whatever
0: plus I'm I'm just that's who I am but it's interesting now though a lot of the leading ladies there's so much happening with like the Botox and the plastic surgery and Mm -hmm. all that stuff they're extending their careers a little bit into their fifties and sixties as yeah. far as like leads. Some of them. Some of them like
1: you know, it's it's tricky because
0: yeah. expression yeah. is is in utero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I mean nothing against it. But, yeah. Um and you um talking about character acting and stuff like that. So you have done so many T V shows and so many films with great characters. Um a lot of them have been very heavy drama. Right, I know, I ride both sides of the fence. Yeah, I was going to say, in, in do you have way. a preference for one or the other? Because the stuff I've seen, um, you did uh, Grey's Anatomy, right? Yeah. And Private Practice? Yes. In both of them. Um, and just really great dramatic parts, but they had like a little touch of levity. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I feel like you can never just do one or the other. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, I didn't even get to town until I was like 31. Yeah. So, you know, all of this stuff. You know, I just did. I'm literally, I was in a dumpster in Seattle, like, <laughs> like shopping my dinner. But, um,
0: so, so really, the- so you came out here at 31 then, yeah. and we're just like, let's fucking do this. Well, yeah. I oh, mean, wow. well, I came with a play and then started working, yeah. and then I
1: never left. That's fantastic. So, but I, um, you know, it's, so I came I came rather late to the game and, and doing something you've done for free for a decade and suddenly getting paid for it is like, really? Yeah. I can have fun and get paid? Right, right. Um, So yes, I like doing the dramatic roles. I like doing the comic roles. But I, I always feel like, you know, in order to backwind the drama, you have to have levity. And in order to backwind the comedy, you have to have drama. So I, I feel if you, if you only shoot your mark for one direction, then you have nowhere to, to grow to in terms of... You know, an arc or a mini mm-hmm. arc or character or whatever. But
0: now on Fresh Off the Boat, you get to do comedy. Yes. But do you have so never do, done a sitcom. I was going to say, you've never yeah. done a sitcom, mm-hmm. though, right? Because I know you, when I first saw you, was Judging Amy. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of that show. But again, comic relief on a drama. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's like the dream, like to be the, the one that lets people go oh okay yeah. we can ha- this is real we can have a moment of like you know brevity, uh, levity yeah <clears throat> um and talk about a cast of theater actors I mean, oh
1: yeah you know all of them every single one of them i
0: love that show amy tyne you so know, great foderman and that-, that happened that happened pretty quickly after
1: you moved here yeah i i got very lucky i uh, amazing i uh i did the play and then i got cast in girl interrupted Mm-hmm. And I got cast in, my first thing I auditioned for was West Wing, and I got an episode of West Wing. And then the second thing was judging Amy. And thinking I was a day player, which I was, uh-huh. I went in and like, bleh, bleh. I had so much fun, and I thought, like, this, I can pay my I'm rent. I'm never going to see them I again. my rent this month. I'm never going to see them again. And I was like, ah. And Amy and I kept getting yelled at. We kept getting in trouble. Yeah. Because I was making her laugh. And oh, then I thought, well, she was fun. That was nice, but I didn't even like learn her name, and I left. And oh, and then they God. had me back again, and back. And at that point, I'm like, I can't ask people's names. Like I thought I was never gonna. <gasps> so it was oh, just God. kind of funny. Well, then... that's where the
0: call sheet comes in handy. Well, <laughs> you know, I didn't even know what a call sheet was. So, oh, wow. but and, and, anyway, <clears throat> they
1: invited me to stay, and I did six so years, which was a pisser. It was,
0: oh. We had so much fun. And would you like to do that again? Oh, sure. Yeah. Although courtroom
1: dramas are tricky because, you know, as many people are in the scene, mm-hmm. that's how many camera angles you have to do. Oh, God. So I was used to, you know, 16 hour days every day. And then you go off and do these independent movies and there's only three people in the scene and you get you get the scene in the can in like two or three hours and you're like, oh, oh, I see. You don't have to always sit in the room for right. 16 hours to film a scene. So. Oh,
0: wow. You know. Um, I know. Yeah, I was a big fan of that show and uh, you were great on it. I loved Thank watching you. it. Um, And Then you said, oh, before that, you did Girl Interrupted or you did it while, like, kind of around the same time? I think I did Girl Interrupted before Mm -hmm.
1: because I did Cider House in LA and then I did Girl Interrupted in New York. And while I was shooting Girl Interrupted, I did Cider House in New York. Mm -hmm. So I was shooting Girl in Harrisburg and doing an eight hour play on the weekends in New York. So it was
0: a little like, that's nuts. But also, like, as an actor, it's so nice to be working. Oh, uh, because then when you're not, it's like, hello <laughs> i know oh, believe
1: me i i had a baby and within three <clears> weeks i was shooting in three different states i was shooting a feature film in minnesota and in new mexico and shooting judging amy in los angeles oh my god and literally i'd be walking through the airport with my baby on my boob like wow okay gonna go to next <laughs> where are we going and like learning my lines and like running it was wow nice.
0: but you know it's all good yeah mm. i don't want to talk about your babies um you should. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have two girls? I do. Is that right? And Hazel and what's the other? Heloise. Heloise. Oh, that's so cute. Um, I saw a video of Hazel singing. Oh, you did? Yes. Oh, good. Adorable. She's adorbs. Also, I'm a little partial because she's, she's a ginger.
1: She's a ginger. That's true. Duracell.
0: Yes. Um, so tell me about your girls. What is it like? Like um, Hazel is how old? Uh 10. 10. And then Halloween is how old? Six. Six, wow. And you and your wife have been together almost 20 years? 20 years. 20 years? Well,
1: actually, October 28th. It'll be 20 years. Oh, wow. So you're busy. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a big one. It's It's October
0: already. I got to figure that one out. Yeah, you got (gasps) just a couple weeks. Okay, I got to figure it out. Yeah. Mm. You got married around Halloween.
1: Well, no, that's when we first met. Oh, so you count when you we've first been met. married three times, and then they kept canceling them, and then we get married again, and they cancel them. Oh. So we have a lot of anniversary dates. Oh, okay. But the first time we were actually like, I like you, was um, <laughs> at a Halloween party at Annex Theater in Seattle.
0: Oh wow! So. Um, in Hollywood, though, that's like a hundred years. Yes. Being being with someone for twenty years is like forever. Yeah. I tell people my husband and I have been together almost 18 years Mm -hmm. um but i still look so young um (laughs) but um i tell people that and they're like oh my god what's that like you know they're like in horrified and in awe at the same time
1: sometimes it felt like a week sometimes it felt like a century but right (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) right right um and so you guys have been together almost 20 years you've got two kids Mm -hmm. how are you managing your auditioning your writing that you're doing um how are you juggling all of that because i personally am tired <laughs> and I, and I just well like... <laughs> you're still in the young you're in young zone yeah yeah you're, she's she's little i mean We're minor at, minor at school oh see that's nice okay. but before that though Cat, I'm do sure. you have the
1: mo willems book time uh, to pee
0: no what is that it's it's gonna potty train your kid she's doing great with pee hmm. it's Poop is okay. the challenge. All right, I'm sorry about that. Poop I can't, is the I can't help you, with that. <laughs> you can't help with the poop. No, no okay. tips, really? They just pooped on their. Own. I got nothing. Oh god. All right. I'll keep searching. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how is it with two girls? That's that's a lot of It's amazing. It's yeah. awesome. It's great. Yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot having two kids. I mean, you know, but I am also an actor, so very frequently I work from home. Yeah. So, you know, when, there I, is that when nice I shot idea. Kittens, I mean, I I made it in my garage. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was in a theater till four in the morning hanging lights while right. my kids were at home, you know. Yeah. And I wasn't providing for them. So, <laughs> so it, it's, you know, when you're a writer, you can write in your house. When you're, you know, filming or editing, you can do it in your house. So I'm always around. So it's, you know, if I'm filming... We get it done, so
0: now, your wife Alice is also in the business, right? Yes, she is. she's a writer, um and what else? is she an actor too? Yes, she okay. is. so um, do you find then that your girls are sort of have dramatic leanings, or are you encouraging that discouraging yeah.
1: that? Yes, they both seem to have dramatic leanings and i and the the show that I made, I put mm-hmm. them both in it, and they're pretty I saw that darn funny,
0: yes <laughs>
1: so. Yes, they're very good at it, just because. And you know, they help me with my lines for auditions. You know, if they're not adult scenes and stuff. Yeah, and it makes me be my best because I want to be cool in front of them. You know what I mean? So I learn my lines faster, trying to impress my children. Oh, I
0: love that. Are they impressed? Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Are they like, mommy? No, they're totally line Nazis. Like, mommy,
1: you made that a compound word, and it's not. You know, so you like, wow. Okay. I'm like, okay. What's, what's a compound word? Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have to go Google it. Yeah, exactly. I dread the day that my child is smarter than me. Oh, it, it's coming. Oh, I it may, it may have already happened because sometimes she says things and I'm just like, what? Yeah, I stopped two years ago helping my kid with math homework. Um, are you doing the Common Core thing? Is that? Have you heard about this? Because yeah, everyone keeps telling me it's terrible, you're going to hate it. And I'm like, I
1: don't know. It's just, I can't help her with her math. It's all yeah. new. Like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I did it this way. And she's like, mommy.
0: Yeah. That's barbaric.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. I don't, I don't,
0: I can't help her. So. Yeah. But she's, you know, doing fine. So. All right. Well, I'm dreading the day that she has to start coming to me with math homework and anything like that i'll be like go ask your father because i don't yeah, know exactly and he'll probably say go ask your mother
1: i, I say it in my
0: house too even though there yeah yeah you
1: know, i'm like ask your father
0: <laughs> they're like wait a minute they're like what <laughs> so. um so i definitely want to talk about kittens in a cage oh cool so i watched the whole series and mm-hmm. i loved it thank you um the music the feeling that you get when you're watching it are so spot on for I think of what you were trying to capture like Mm. you nailed it thank you um where first of all tell me about the show and tell me like a little bit about where the inspiration came from to write it
1: um floating back to Seattle Mm -hmm. um we were of a certain age where I literally flew up for a memorial service for a friend and my old theater that I hadn't Really participated in, although I do still know some people there. Mm-hmm. Was doing the play version of Kittens in a Cage, written by Kellyn Conway Blanchard. Okay, and uh, I hadn't, I did not see the production, but I had a hunch and I wanted to read it. And I was looking for something to film, and I had, had not had success.
0: And were you do Were you looking for something to film because you were just like, I need to create my own yes something to get on you know i wanted to do something i was afraid of yeah
1: and i totally understand that in seattle years ago i had done all the independent films and i'd you know fish pulled a shotgun and recorded sound and i'd hold cameras and be thrown down hills and shopping carts and i did all of that Mm -hmm. uh and i you know there was an editing studio that i helped i was on the charter membership for which is now huge northwest film forum it turned into but um You know, and I got to the point where people just think of me as an actor and an actor, even though I have won every award in the city, theater directing yeah, and producing. And I wanted to make something my own. I had written so many scripts and they'd been to this place and we were going to make it and then it never happened. And and I thought, I just want to make something from soup to nuts, Mm -hmm. vertical and horizontal. I want to make sure I can finish it myself. And so I
0: wanted to make kittens and was it specifically a, a tv show you wanted to make or was it a uh, film because it I, didn't start I off didn't as a know, film
1: i didn't know what i wanted it to be yeah um so i decided to film it in a feature format okay knowing that if you make the necklace you could always chop the necklace apart later oh, okay whereas it would be harder to take tiny little beads and string them together uh, yeah, yeah after yeah. the fact so uh i wanted to scare myself and i wanted to direct and i wanted to have fun and i wanted to just rip it with my friends and not ask anyone's permission and yeah. And I kick started it and we, you know, got around fifty thousand bucks, not quite, after mm-hmm. we paid our fees. And we did it, you know, raised money one month, did pre production the next, put it in the can the next. And so it was in wow. the can relatively quickly.
0: I was gonna say how many days did you shoot? Sixteen. Sixteen, wow. And you shot it all in and around LA? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and it was very stylized, mm-hmm. um, in that sort of women in prison feel of the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Those, um, uh, uh, what's the cage movie? The woman. Caged. Yeah. Caged. Eleanor. Like, what's the, Eleanor Parker. What's the caged. caged movie? Oh, that one's called caged. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> very stylized like that. And was yeah. that purposeful on your part? Yeah. I mean, Kelleen is like
1: a brilliant dialogue writer and I just took her. Uh, stuff, and I thought like, well, this you know the play mostly took place in one room, and so I had to bust it out visually yeah. because theater's
0: a text driven medium Did you add the flashbacks or like the cut twos no, a lot
1: of those i in I put in the script, and then I let the actor show up and rip them because we had yeah. some swell actors, yeah, and so yeah, I just busted it out and made it a, a screenplay uh and more visually um inspired than perhaps a text driven mm-hmm. theater play and uh so, you know, I, I we wrote it, we had a reading, I had a couple actors come to the table, and I just knew the minute we read it, people were howling with laughter. Oh. And I'd worked with this actress, uh, Rebecca Mozo, when I was directing something at USC, mm-hmm. and she's, you know, a classically trained actor. But, you know, she'd walk around the corner and be like, holy shit, what are we doing here? And then I'd be like, are you from Jersey? <laughs> and then I just thought she was so terrific that when this role came up, I thought, oh, i got to get Mozo. She played Junie, right? Yeah. Okay, so, and so great. So I got Mozo and, and her, so saw her read it in my living room table and i flew to kelly and down from seattle and we just all but pissed ourselves we just
0: had so much fun that's so great and rebecca yeah. fields is in it as well oh she
1: is i love her she's, she's so wonderful. great she plays janine the axe murdering yes queen.
0: and you play a very hungry cannibal i do i play silent but deadly i play
1: you know it's all heightened <clears throat> reality yes i i don't have a tongue so it's not possible for me to speak you mm. know and interestingly enough my show was in the can six months before Orange is the
0: New Black came out. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So yeah. um, I'm sure <clears throat> you got a lot of comparisons then. We did, which is silly because there is no comparison. Yeah. I mean,
1: they probably have a $3 million budget. We have a $50,000 budget. Right. We are a campy comedy. Yes. They are not you yeah. know what i mean what they're, they're definitely more is based uh, on a book a heavier and, drama, yeah. And, so you know and, and i think mozo is the one who put it more succinctly she said you you can have er and you can have scrubs mm-hmm. they both take place in hospitals but you're not pitting them against each
0: other right so you know so did did that was that trouble for you when you were shopping around and trying to get distribution or uh, you know, did that happen before orange is the new black i came did on the have
1: scene? a friend who was a mucky muck at netflix who said? Oh, we have net We have oranges and new black, and so. And then I was like, Oh well, you know. And I ended up, you know, ended up, ended up at other
0: places. So, mm-hmm. um, because I watched it on Hulu. Yeah. So how did it end up there? Because is it like, um, you have to go around to the networks or to you know now you've got all these online options and well, say, no, hey, I've was, got this like finished product. It's
1: kind of a funny story. I mean, I mean, I had some swell actors in it mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, I love you know. that you keep saying swell. That's they, so cute. She's <laughs> swell. And um, so honestly, <clears throat> I signed up for a month free business test of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And I wrote all the content acquisition people in the city and uh, hooked up with a company by accident called TV4. And they're a new um, distribution company. And I had invi- invited someone that I thought was one of my theater friends because they had the same name. And this person of the same name, Came to our screening, oh, wow. and we got distribution because of it, which was hilarious. And oh my god, they're both fantastic. friends now. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we 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 got it fairly quickly. But I'd also, you know, put in for all these film festivals. So, so we, so we had the feature cut, and later hulu made us or didn't make us but we we cut it up into seven episodes
0: okay because they did that were they thinking it would be better served as a yeah. series kind of thing yeah so they're about seven 20-minute episodes and you were okay with that even though you originally oh, yeah. had, had envisioned it as a film because I, I know some it. people get really attached to their project and they're like no this is <clears throat> excuse me this is a feature or this is what it's meant well, to be well i mean a feature is just a long movie you know what i mean mm-hmm. so
1: to me it's the same work it's just in shorter bites sure you, you know what i mean so no i wasn't you know hoity-toity about how long it was and yeah. how people saw it or anything like that um
0: yeah. so what happens with it now where does it go now are you hoping to continue to do more episodes or is that up to like uh how I, many people watch it well i just finished the second script
1: okay and uh we have a treatment for the third script as well great and we're in sort of in the fundraising portion of that great i'm um, trying to figure out how we get it Made and uh, you know, and this time because it wasn't based on an original work, Kelly and I worked together on it. So, as a producer, I could be like, okay, well, let's shoot here because I already have that location, I already know this people, and I know that, and we can do yep. this. And, and so, we sort of wrote it to suit our needs, um, but bigger cast, more songs. Yeah, the songs. I wanted to talk to you about that. love
0: the music. I've had the theme song in my head for a few days now as well. Um, So great. Is that a friend of yours that wrote all that music? Or is that another song? Well,
1: pretty much everyone in it is a friend of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's so great. I I, I tell everybody it was the stone soup of, you know, I had a bucket of water and a rock and nothing else, truly. And everybody put their parsley and their bone and their carrots. Oh, nice. Um, Ty Taylor uh, and I went to school together. He's the lead singer of a band called Vintage Trouble. And they're an unbelievable, amazing band. Like, l- truly one of the most incredible live experiences I've yeah. had. And um, you should check them out. I mean, oh, wow. they, they since signed so with Capital fun. Blue Note. And Did they... they
0: also write the songs that Junie was singing throughout? And... No.
1: All the songs are from all different sources. And a oh. very talented writer named Rick Miller from Seattle wrote, uh, I think, the main four songs. Uh, and then I wrote a couple songs. Um and we had a lot of help. We had um, Black Sabbath, the all-female cover band.
0: Mm-hmm. Do, <laughs> I was um, like Black Sabbath. Oh, Black, Black Sav- Sabbath. They're hysterical. Black Sabbath. They're awesome. <laughs> That's and they funny. did
1: Make 'em pay. And Rick Miller from, of Seattle wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ty Taylor and Vintage Trouble did um, the theme song a "Kittens in a Cage," mm-hmm. and he he rips it. Man. Oh, it's, it's so good. We rip it. And then I wrote the song that Const- Constantine Maroulis, American mm-hmm. Idol, sings under. Um, the love making.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't give anything away. <laughs> and then uh, I, I was wrote... I was watching it at work. Yeah, and I had some downtime. I hope my coworkers don't hear that. But, <clears throat> and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, oh, oh! I hope no one's I hope no one sees what I'm watching. <gasps> but then I was like, I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lesbian. Right, pass it on, secret lesbian. <laughs> and then uh, I I
1: wrote the song like that, that uh the the kind of funny song that um that uh, Latoya London sings in the talent show which mm-hmm. is. A little bit of silly fun. So, you know, that we sort good... of did it. I mean, but literally, like, my friend from my high school band, Ray Wilcox in San Francisco, I was like, can you play this on the ukulele and send it back to me? So he'd play it on GarageBand and send it back. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have, you know, I, it was just as you, And you how know,
0: long did it take you to put all this together? I know you said you had, you know, your script and then all that. But, like, what about post-production stuff, all your editing? And did you do all that or did you... Um, I, You know, I, I did the... Primarily, I
1: did the rough cut by myself, mm-hmm. um, only because I didn't have an editor or any money yeah yeah <laughs> but, sure so um, and I didn't know how to edit when we began but uh, I was very very fortunate to find an incredible editor named Freddie de la Vega mm-hmm. um, who is not only an incredible editor but also incredible loyal friend yeah now having gone through this process with him yeah and um, you know I will jump in front of a bullet for that man oh because he that's really nice. um, he stood by me and it's not easy. You know, editing these things because yeah. you know you're under the gun, and but we were we were incredibly lucky to have uh, you know amazing continuity and amazing you know yeah uh, sound and and, and so um, you know it came together pretty well.
0: I f- always feel like I want to create my own content. I want to create. Um, I have so many ideas swirling around, but my biggest fear and the biggest hurdle that I have to get over is the production side of it Mm -hmm. because i wouldn't even know where to begin to go and find a dp or um a good sound crew. because sound is so important if your sound is effed up and then it's like oh my god yeah and this guy
1: travis brown was is his name he uh was the sound mixer and recorder he did everything the labs the boom and i just it was like a blind boom craigslist kind of thing and oh wow i've worked with him
0: since and i'll i hope to work with him in the future because
1: He he really kicked it. So, hard. some
0: of it is just sort of a blind faith, like you're hoping that. You know, in the first hope. day or
1: two, if, if you're like, oh work. my God. <laughs> or, or you're like, holy cow.
0: Well, what was that like for you, executive producing and being in it? I know you said, I read somewhere that you gave yourself a little bit smaller part so that you could do more of the well, stuff. Those are, yeah, I
1: gave myself a, a part with no lines. Yeah, yeah. So, I'd be like, yeah, well. <laughs> and cut, you know, and I'd run behind the camera. Um, it was great. It was fun uh, because I did it in Seattle for all those productions. Yeah, you know, multitasking's nothing for a mom. I mean, yeah, yeah, my yeah. God. And then, and we had all those swell actors. I mean, everyone I asked was like, "Yeah, sure." You know, I mean, yeah. and these are people like. We have Tyne
0: Daly. Yeah, I was she's... gonna say you have some really big. Uh, Tyne Daly I guess... won
1: six Emmys, like uh, Michelle Mony, and his Golden Globe nominated, mm-hmm. like for True Detective. We had Felicia Day. Yeah, Felicia Day. Goodness sake!
0: Mm-hmm. And because I had
1: done a couple episodes of the Guild.
0: Oh, and really? So she, you know, I yeah. stuck her in a scene with a monkey. I was with her at Acme years ago. She wouldn't yeah. remember because I think she was like in a couple companies above mine. I was just starting out, mm-hmm. and before she left. Uh, but yeah, she's great. But then
1: it was one of those things where. I didn't know Misha Collins, but I, I you know, I, I approached him and he said, "Well, if you would be in my web series, I'll be in your web series." Oh, so there you go. You start go. doing trade, and uh,
0: let's and see. Drew Drogi was in there. Drew, who we love. Yeah, we love. he was my improv teacher at the Groundlings, so I was yeah. like Drew Drogi. He's a star. Call. <laughs> and then um, Joel McHale and I
1: did crappy eight millimeter eight millimeter black and white movies in seattle together yeah
0: so he showed up oh and that's nice you have known him for not a out of that scene
1: yeah and uh, and every i mean just everybody yeah it's know.
0: jam-packed with stars for yeah, sure it really is but and stars who like
1: you know ate my craft services that i got at costco <laughs> so it was kind of it was it was incredibly generous and yeah. incredibly um they were people were wonderful
0: that's they so just want nice to play you know yeah what I mean? yeah so I think that's uh yeah that's my hesitation is that I'm like I'm afraid that I will put myself out there. There's that fear, mm-hmm. um, of the unknown, of failure. You know, a lot in this town, and you, that you'll create this thing and you'll put yourself out there, and then nobody will show up. Or I think you know I think to begin is the thing because if I had any, I honestly thought I'd be done it in the can like in a couple
1: of months. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it's a website. I think to begin is a thing, and and you learn as you go. Mm-hmm. And now I know so much more in terms of producing and and all of that. But you, you don't necessarily when you get on the train, you don't know if you're going to get off in Switzerland or Belgium. I mean, who, yeah. you know? And you don't need to know, yeah. In, in some way, you just got to get on the
0: train. I was going to say, do you feel like it's just sort of yeah, like just giving it a try? You have to try. All it's... you can
1: do is is tackle the moment right in front of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and hope hope that the moment down the line is achieved, but you know, there's forks in the road. There's, I mean, it turned out better than I had expected, you know, Mm -hmm. it's hilarious. Like, and, and it was all like help of my family and friends and literally like my, um, my niece is a violinist and her, you know, her thesis was playing, you know, a something at Vanderbilt where she went to school and I literally asked her if I could take her violin line and use it as part of the music oh. and my brother's doing the graphic designer I thought he was just going to make a poster well here we are like I think we're 20 film festers, f- festivals later mm-hmm. I call him weekly I'm like can you make another laurel so we can put it on the, the po-? you know so it, 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 it's it's I we're, we're truly blessed I mean it, it turned out so wonderful and it's funny and it's, yeah it's, it's got something for everyone it's it's a comedy it's sci-fi it's it's not apologetic as you've seen yeah yeah it's great
0: i mean it's very much like you can tell that these actors are having fun and yeah. you can tell that they're enjoying it for and sure and we made a family yeah yeah we made and you could
1: because we're having fun i think it's fun to watch and and we want to do it again. I mean, we literally, we see each other on a weekly basis. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody. And incredible.
0: so what's, the, what is like your ultimate goal? Then, Would you like to be on another series on TV? Would you like to still have the freedom to do your own series and, you know, keep doing kittens in a cage or, you know, features, all of it? Like, what is the, what is the dream scenario for you? Um, I want <clears> it all all of
1: it. <laughs> you know it's interesting when i was in seattle i started sort of making my name more as a director mm-hmm. and then when i came here i was fortunate enough to be lucky and act and you know actually amazing features i mean i've worked with incredible directors like yeah, yeah james mangold i mean you know it goes on and on and and but i love directing and i love mm-hmm. producing um you know, I would love for people to see. Wow, she really knocked it out of the park with very little resources. Mm-hmm. I would love for more. And maybe maybe someone bring
0: you another project with a few, you know, like a, a budget behind it, or something like that. Completely. So you wouldn't mind directing again and being. Oh, I'd love it. I'd, I'd I'd kill to do it. Um, yeah,
1: I love doing both, but they're they're very separate activities. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I I just have so much fun doing it all. So. Yeah.
0: Um, well, I know. Well, part of the reason, too, and I should have said this earlier on, but part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because when I had that small part on Fresh Off the Boat last year, you were so nice and so warm and welcoming on the show. And, um, it's, it's such a weird feeling whenever you're like that tiny little co-star part, um, going on, you just have a couple of lines, like people treat you. Kindly, but they're, it's different. They know you're here for like a few hours and then they're never going to see you again. So it's so nice that you bring that warmth. And I have a feeling that wasn't just unique to that day. I have a feeling you probably do that everywhere you go. It wh- what is, Why why do you do that? What is important to you about like, you know, being so warm and friendly on set? Well, thank. You. First of all, thank you. I'm a, I'm a
1: Jersey girl, so I don't get called <laughs> warm and friendly very often.
0: I'll take it back then. <laughs> Um,
1: I think um, <clears throat> to be in this business and to be working and bringing stories to other people and making other people laugh, mm-hmm. um, you, you can't be anything but incredibly grateful.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, a, a person is a person, whether they're making $800 million a year or, you know, mm-hmm. 700 bucks a day or whatever, you right, know what I mean? Right. And they're... I, I don't believe there is a upper or lower echelon of of, of person, and um, I, I'm just I'm just grateful to be able to do what I love for a living. Yeah, and having been able to do that for decades is so fortunate to me. So um, that's all. I'm just yeah. I'm just grateful to be able to have the pleasure of working with you or. You know, whoever else I've had the
0: pleasure of working Yeah, with yeah. That. And that's probably why so many people were willing to step in and help you, honestly. Maybe. So don't stop I have stop bought being a lot nice. of pictures of beer. Oh, there you go. That's it. Beer as bribes. <laughs> exactly. I love it. And Kittens in a Cage is going to be um, at a film festival coming up in a few weeks. Did I read uh, that right? Yes.
1: Uh several actually we just i just I literally was in shreveport louisiana a week ago mm-hmm. um we played at the sham film festival in st louis last
0: weekend two mm-hmm. um and what and is the point of the festivals is that just to get the word out to get other? It's to get the awareness? word out it's
1: to get awareness mm-hmm. um we're in the new york television festival which is a huge and amazing opportunity
0: yeah um and do they and play then... all of the episodes at once or they just play it as one long piece Uh, this they're playing the pilot oh they play the pilot and
1: then we just got we're we're also playing at the Deloitte International Film Festival on the 14th which I just found out about Mm -hmm. so it's you know I think people see it and they respond to it and they think you know I mean what truly to to apply for festivals it's it's a half a bottle of wine you're sitting at your kitchen table and you go on without a box and you think that sounds cool oh that sounds cool and the people I've met and the other people making projects is so incredible and Mm -hmm. it's all a resource and Mm -hmm. I mean I've made like incredible friendships just on the festival <clears throat> circuit alone mm-hmm. you know just just saying how did you do that what was that hotel what was that motel location and can you tell because I, I could use it in my next piece And yeah and it's just it's just a big family in a community and actors and we're nomads so mm-hmm. you know if you see a cactus and there might be water over there you know you you want to walk
0: that way right so. right <laughs> oh I love that well I think that I hope that you guys have a second season because mm-hmm. it's such a great show, um, and uh, I hope that all the success continues for you. Um, where can everybody find more information about Kittens?
1: Well, we have um, a pretty swell website, uh, uh, www.kittensinacage.com. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, which is Kittens in a Cage. We're on and Facebook, Facebook, yeah, Kittens in a Cage. <laughs> We're pretty much everywhere. Um yeah. you know, Instagram, <clears throat> Kittens in a Cage, Tumblr, Kittens in a Cage. So, and we have some great, like just last night I put out some hilarious, you know, behind the scenes footage of me filming a laundry scene where they shove her head in a steamer and stuff like that. (laughs) So we do have really great extraneous content, like the making of the theme song with Vintage Trouble and um, EPK interviews. We've got hilarious outtakes. So
0: Um, you like have the whole thing, like you have got it down in terms of like packaging this thing and like it is ready to go.
1: Well, you know when you're waiting between scenes and you got actors sitting around it's 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 more fun yeah. to see like why are you here what are you doing why would you why would you take this part and you know, <laughs> and, and you know hilarious or if you're waiting <clears throat> for when you have low funds and you're trying to complete something you're waiting for a particular department to finish mm-hmm. you think i mean i cut a music video on an airplane flying home to visit my mother like oh wow you know when constantine recorded uh that
0: song that i wrote um that was I, so I, random, by the way. And he totally does look like Jesus. <laughs>
1: I know. Well, he he's... Um, I've known him since he was four. He grew up what? on my street in New oh, Jersey. Wow. He was my paper boy. Oh, my God. That's so You know so what cute. I mean? His brother and I were in bands in high school. And he's my best friend. You know what I mean? So... Oh, I love that. Yeah. And um, and he's... I actually... He he used to call me his mentor, which is hilarious to me because he's far surpassed my career. Um, but now he's mentoring my daughter, who's uh-huh. a guitar player, singer. So Yeah. Um, anyway, so I caught... I took video, video footage of him singing that song and I, on the plane, I just cut it. I stuck a two terabyte drive on my my computer and cut it in Final Cut mm-hmm. and literally, like, put it out and then Broadway World ran with it and this, like, you know, wow. it got bumped out. And I'm th- sitting there thinking, like, if they know it, like, cut it in four hours on my computer. Like, it's hysterical. <laughs> but, you know. Well, you now they what, know. You do what you can. <laughs> if you're trapped in a plane, you know you can cut a music video.
0: So. I think it's also due to just making best use of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm not going to lie, some days uh, when she's napping, I just want to stare at the TV and watch Big Brother or totally. some just like mindless something. Absolutely. And then I'm like, oh, I'm such a slacker. I should have been doing something for the website or something for the podcast. And, you know, uh, I just zone out. Yeah. When I think I used to write, <clears throat> we used to write until 10, 11 o'clock
1: at night. Mm-hmm. And now and I sit at the kitchen table and passionately bandy thoughts about. Yeah. And then all of a sudden,
0: like now, the minute
1: they get in bed, we're like, good night. Good night.
0: <laughs> Yeah. And you have two, so I can't imagine like Ugh. it would be like, You take that one, I'll take this one. Um
1: <clears throat> it's uh Well now my work
0: hours are like seven in the morning till ten. Yeah. And like now they're Do you find that your life is that your lifestyle is sort of shifted in that you used to like stay out late oh and my... go buy beer for everybody? Oh, I was and... an
1: Olympic athlete yes. staying out late. Yes. Yeah. There completely. would be nights where
0: my husband and I would just be like, Call the cab, like we're just having the best time ever. Yeah. Drunk as hell. And now... Well, you can't do that. You can't. You, you can't physically wake up. can't. And as you
1: get older, you can't wake up and be that damaged and mm-hmm. function. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, that behavior has been obliterated. I have to
0: grow up. Kids make you grow up a little bit, mm-hmm. whether you're ready for it or not. And not. And yeah. not grow up. Yes. because the other way. Yes. There's yeah. some days where I'm, you know, playing silly tickles or, like, making faces and all that stuff. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm a grown woman. Yeah. Well and hey and hey But Hazel it's fun, I wouldn't trade it. You know,
1: both my kids play guitar, so every night we play guitar. And oh then, I love that. You do you
0: play too? Uh, I don't play a thing. Oh. <laughs> because you played in
1: the show I and I thought, fake, oh my God, this I woman does everything. everything. I can play I could fake chords, I can fake piano, I can fake bass, <laughs> I can fake drums. I can I play the drums in Bad Teacher behind Justin Timberlake. Oh,
0: you yes, that's, right. like, that's right. You play <clears> the
1: drums, <throat> right? And I was like, Yeah, play the drums, yeah. You bet. You bet, and bet. I'm like, When do I have to play the drums? So like Wednesday. I'm like Okay. <laughs> Then I'd sit with a bucket and some sticks and, like, figure and it out. You know, yourself. that's what actors do. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Professional liars. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so Hayes, you know, Hayes making these little YouTube videos and stuff. And we'll sit every night and she would be like, I want to watch a video with Taylor Swift. And I'm like, okay, but you have to watch this Chrissy Hine guitar solo, of course.
0: <laughs> so, Good you. Know, for you. It's, so it's fun. You, get you to can old watch school Taylor, her. but then you have to watch Chrissy Hine. Exactly. I love it. So, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Um. Well, I hope good things happen for Hazel, too, in her music career. That's very exciting. Oh, and Heloise is no slouch, either. She's yeah. more of
1: like a punk rock th- thrasher. Oh, nice. She's sick. She's, she kind of sounds like Bob Dylan. She's Oh,
0: my player. God. But the so two of cool. them are starting to play together, which is amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Channing started saying out of the blue the other day, are you ready to rock? Oh, nice. And I was like, where did you hear that? And you didn't scream, yeah, Yeah, no, I was like, yeah. But then she, would, <laughs> she has her little guitar, and she'll go, are you ready to rock? And I was like, what? Where did you... Was I listening to, like, Twisted Sister one yeah, day and yeah, I didn't yeah, exactly. know that? That's I'm funny. sure she heard me say it or Chris say it or something That's sometime. Um, but um, I am so in on. I'm going to gush for just a second about you. I'm so impressed... With all of the things that you have done, I feel like such a slouch because I too started my career a little bit later <clears throat> than the average, you know, megastar or whatever. Um, well, I, I came start... to LA later. <clears throat> I was oh yeah, that's right. I started. I came to LA. Seattle. Yeah, I come. To... I came to LA much later, mm-hmm. um, thinking, man, I've got an uphill battle. So watching you and seeing what you've done I'm so impressed and I do feel like a big slacker but I will say mostly I feel inspired so I totally wanted to make sure you know that that I'm um it's cool
1: what you're doing here
0: oh my little my little podcast it's cool it's really cool and I people seem to really enjoy it and I'm like All right, I should swear more and like you know, I should do more, do more appropriate things. Um, but anyway, so I'm I think it's great. I think Kittens in a Cage is great. Everybody, stop what you're doing. Go to Hulu right now and watch Kittens in a Cage. It's on Amazon. It's on Hulu, Amazon. It's
1: on Vessel. Mm-hmm. It's on Vimeo. Oh wow. So they're all different platforms. Vimeo is international. Everywhere. Hulu's North America. So. You, you can find
0: it if you're looking for it. Yeah, and just
1: give it a five-star review.
0: Yeah, give it a five-star review. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the show. That I was, really appreciate it. That was, and, that was uh, harmless. Yeah, it's so easy, right? Yeah. I'm not so bad. This is not, We're it's not Diane Sawyer up in here. It's just a couple of moms talking. That's right. Mom actors. Um, so everybody, uh, check out Kittens in a Cage. And then also go to motherhoodandhollywood.com. For more info about uh, Jillian and uh, stuff that's happening here at Motherhood in Hollywood. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you. Yeah, thanks Jillian. Bye. Bye. We'll see you guys next week. Mama funny. Balls. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Danny, I just figured out that if I switch to MetroPCS, I get two Samsung Galaxy phones, free. Cool, Dad. And I could be a super dad with two free Samsung Galaxy phones and call myself Double Galaxy Man. Or you could give the second phone your sidekick. Yeah, I guess I could do that. That's right. Two free Samsung Galaxy On5 smartphones are all yours when you switch to MetroPCS. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.